But tonight, I'm going to be talking on a different theme. And you see our sign, Welcome to the Broken. And everybody in Gina, if they pass by our church, they see that sign. That was Eddie's heart. That's Pastor Heath's heart. The, the poster that, that's on the, uh, in the lobby, that's how Eddie, when he was introducing, introducing our church on the website, that's what he said, welcome to the broken. And then Pastor Heath comes with the same heart, and he even calls this a hospital to help the broken. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of you are really broken right now. But we've all been broken. And some of us are walking with the right face on, but we're broken inside. And you think, well, nobody knows, nobody sees me. Well, let me tell you, God sees you. God knows where you are. We, we need to know that we all are healed by the grace of God. It's the mercy and the grace of God. Now in a small church and in a small town, and I've been here so long that I know most of your brokenness. And you may know mine, but sometimes it's good to talk about it because it helps other people, but you know it also helps the one that's talking about it. When we just keep it inside and when we don't, we don't let it out, it just grows in there, and bitterness can get in there, and anger. I've been angry several times, angry even at God, and I know some of you have felt that too. You know, here you are serving the Lord, and look what's happening to me. Brokenness comes in different ways, from broken homes. I see it with my grandchildren. That, that hurts. And because of that, sometimes they are in a brokenness. Maybe you come from a broken home. Uh, addiction, alcohol, drugs, sex, lust, addictions that we can't seem to get rid of. It wants to hold on to us. Sexual abuse. There are people in here tonight that have been sexually abused. Some as children and some as adults. And that's a hard thing to get over. You feel broken. Poverty. Storms come, Miss Lou, but you had Jesus. Things happen, circumstances. You lose your job, and then you lose everything. And you're there sitting in poverty. That's broken. That is broken. Divorce. I've heard that's really a hard thing to get through for your self-esteem. You're broken. And with me, death. How do you overcome, Miss Evelyn, the things that you're overcoming? Let me sit, tell you, I don't like to, t to t talk about it even. I hope I don't cry. But anyway, I like to teach on faith and victory. Who we are in Christ. Because the things that I've gone through is not going to get you victory. I can sit here and talk to you about it, but it's the Word of God 
that's going to give you victory. That's who's going to make you alive in Christ. But that's why I'm able to get to teach those things to you. Because I know what God has done for me. It's not me. Because there's so many times I just would have wanted to give up. But you know, his word kept me going. And tonight, we're talking about being broken. And like I said, everybody's there. It's nothing to be ashamed of. We all have been broken, maybe more than one time in our life. But we have to have the strength for this journey. From the time that you're born to the time that you die in this life, you are on a journey. Sometimes it's good, sometimes not so good. But sometimes you just have to have the strength from God to get through what you're going through. And for some reason in our society, if anybody's going through anything, it's like it's a shame. You want to, you want to take on shame. You want, to take on, you want to hide it. We can't reach out to those that can really help us because we're supposed to be strong Christians, right? But sometimes we need each other, and we need to reach out, and we need to pray with people. Let's go to Colossians 1.11. Where do we get our strength? 1.11 says, or should I wait for you to... Okay, because I got mine marked. Where do we get the strength we need to walk this journey? Remember, Abraham went on a journey, didn't know where he was going. Sometimes we get in circumstances and situations and people can give you all kind of answers. But that doesn't mean that's the right answer for you. We have to go to God. First, in, in Colossians it says, Be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of of the son of his love. That's where we get our strength. I just had a call the other day from somebody saying, please pray for me, Sister Evelyn. I got a bad report today. Cancer. And you know, when you're told that, man, everything about you just falls apart. We have to have somebody to go to for strength. Amen? And that's where our strength comes. It's from the Lord. And you won't find it in drugs or alcohol or in sex and lust and power. Some people just want power. This world can't help us. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not sorrow. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But Lord, how can I be joyful when I'm gone through all this? But I need your strength, Lord. Seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? I need joy, but I'm sad. 
We have to know who we believe in. And he is the one that's going to give us the strength that we need. I'm a private person, and I don't don't like to share my heart, my hurts and disappointments with other people. But we need to know that other people are hurting and broken. And they need to know where you got your help or where I got my help. Who am I? Most of you know, because I've said it before. But I was born in Homa. I'm a Cajun girl, Catholic, by the way. Pat was Baptist, never went to church, but he was Baptist. And he was a heathen. And I, I was faithful to the Catholic Church. Amen. At 18, I married Pat, who my family did not approve of, because he was Catholic. You know, huh? Because he was Baptist, and I, I was Catholic. That's right. And so, that, you know, there was no coming together in that. But he was in the Air Force, and uh, by the time I was 22, I had four kids. Crazy, right? But I did. And during those years, we weren't serving the Lord. We were hateful, both of us, him more than me. And we weren't living for the church or living for the Lord. We weren't in church. He wanted to move back to Gina, and here I am now, 55 years later. He liked to drink and be with his friends. He thought he deserved it after he went offshore and worked and came back. And that's what he did. And, and he was abusive in many ways. Now, I had never owned a Bible. And he never read one or owned one either. We were 30, I was 31 years old before I ever opened a Bible or held one in my hand. Most of you here in the Bible Belt say, oh, that's impossible no, there's people all around you that's never read a Bible. I had been living here 12, 13 years and nobody had ever approached me about the Bible. I didn't know. But you know what? I looked it. I didn't look that bad a person. I did go to the church, to church every now and then. But I didn't know about God like I needed to. We had a very unhappy and broken marriage. He was drunk most of the time. And when he got abusive, you know, I wasn't the... What's the word I'm looking for? I wanted to kill him. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Y'all understand that. And when he'd come home and do stuff that would just make me mad or start with the kids... I tried to think of a way to kill him and get away with it. And I felt okay about it, by the way. If I could have figured a way to get rid of him without me getting in problems, I would have done it. Because I wasn't meek either, you know. But thank God I didn't do that and he didn't let me. I've not really shared this with people. I had no place to go, but I always told him, I said, when I get a job, I'm leaving you. But right now, I had no place to go. He didn't care either. He'd tell me a bus passes in front of the house every day at 1 o'clock. And that would make me so mad. We weren't saved, and we weren't serving God. I had nobody to turn to. Didn't have a lot of friends. 
We live like that, broken and fighting and fussing and in front of our kids. In case anyone, anybody wants to know the influence that was in their lives when they were young. For 13 years. And then in 1973, just out of the clear blue, I got a job at Southern Heritage Bank. Man, you just don't get that kind if you're not from Gina. But anyway, I got the job. And so I was threatening to leave him because I had a job. And he'd have been just as glad if I had. But you know, God had a plan for us. God had a plan for us. In 1973, God started putting people in my path that started witnessing to me. Same time I got the job, I thought, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I started having people testify, give me testimonies, telling me I'm going to hell because I'm a Catholic. Get you? I got me a Bible. I, I bought it from the Book of the Month Club. Now, you should, I'm not going to tell you the other kind of books I bought, but, <laughs> but I could get three free books, and I went in and got a Bible. And so the Lord started moving on me. And all of a sudden, things were different. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any friends. I, I didn't have any anybody mentor, anybody to lead me and guide me. Maybe that was good. But all I knew, I was broken, the end of my rope, and I wanted out of my marriage. And when I got that broken, I cried out to God. How many of you cried out to God? Sometimes we have so much pride, we don't want to do that. We don't want to admit our failures to anybody. But it wasn't all pat. I wasn't serving God either. I could be mean and hateful also. He'd get drunk, come home. I threw every bit of ice and ice water out the refrigerator. Because he liked cold water when he starts sobering up. And then one day, and I throw all the food out the back door that I cook so he wouldn't have nothing to eat and nothing cold to drink. And Stacy, she was probably not much older than this one here, said, Mama, please don't throw the food out. Don't make Daddy mad when he comes home. Isn't that awful way for a child to have to be raised? My boys, too. I was broken, no place to go, nobody to talk to, but I cried out to the Lord. Everything was going wrong, and I said, Lord, somewhere. I wasn't saved, but I called out to God. You got to find you a place to call out to God. You got to find you a place to put your pride aside and say, Lord, I need something. I don't know what it is, Lord. We all have to come to this place. And sometimes it takes some of us longer than others because of the pride we have in our lives. Psalm 51 said, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. I didn't know these scriptures back then, but I was at that place. Psalm 34, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And Psalm 147, I love this. And later on, 
this, I found this verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Oh my gosh. He heals us and he binds up our wounds. Isn't that a wonderful God? Isn't that somebody that just really cares about you? In 1974, God saved me. And I'm going to tell you, I was on fire for God. I went everywhere with my Bible. You'd want me to be that way again, Pastor. With my Bible telling about Jesus. And I was telling it to the ones that had told me I needed Jesus. But they they didn't get that excited about him. And I couldn't stop reading my Bible. I started praying for my husband. And let me tell you, all hell broke loose. He took my Bible away from me. He said I couldn't go to prayer meetings. But you know, he went to work every seven days. And it wasn't beside, I wasn't above having prayer meetings at my house when he was gone. And I stood on the word that me, because some people showed me those words. Me and my house were going to serve God. My husband was going to be saved. And I started quoting that. And there are words in here. Everything we need's in here. I remember when I had my children and I thought, I thought, oh, I wished I had a book to raise my kids. We do have a book. I just didn't know it. But there's a book that for anything that we need. I started praying for them. And... You know what? I started changing. I started having patience and love. And I started feeling God. I was alive with God. It even made him jealous because I knew a God that I could get so excited about. Amen? And, you know, in nine months, something about nine months, Pastor, in nine months the man got saved. He didn't plan on it, but God brought all the circumstances together that he accepted Jesus Christ. And our lives were changed forever. God has a plan. He has a plan for you. You're not too old. He's got a plan for you. You're not too much in sin, and you had not sinned so much that God doesn't have a plan for you. He has a plan for you. Don't give up. We have to get our broken marriage was healed. God put the love and the brokenness. He he bound up our wounds. He put us together into a full-time ministry. Well, Pat was anyway. I still worked at the bank. But he into a full-time ministry. He preached. We pioneered three churches. Two of our sons became ordained ministers. God healed Everokenness. And Pat had given his life to serve God. And this community, you have a church right here. David came from Pat's church. This community was touched and changed by Pat Thompson. Before, he wasn't worth anything. But once God touched him, he said he would shout it from the housetops. And that's exactly what he did. We we struggled raising our children. We didn't have... We had had done so much in front of them, you see. That wasn't a God. They were confused. But today, our 
both Eddie and, and Packy were preaching the gospel. Then in 1981, of course, everything seemed to be going good. The boys were preaching the gospel. Everything was settling down. And then in 1981, out of nowhere, Pat had a heart attack at 42 years old. Seemed like everything was over. Pat had preached on faith. Lord, he preached on faith. He made everybody mad because he said God was good. People want to know, think God's bad. Do bad things to you. But he preached God was good because of the goodness that God had showed in his heart and to him. Our kids had gotten wild. Pat quit the ministry. Talk about being broken and defeated. They were all, why? Why, Lord? And people that Pat had taught were coming by saying, you remember faith, you know, which may he wanted me to keep them out of his room, you know, <laughs> at that time. But everything seemed to be over. But you know what? God didn't quit us. He was still there. And we had to make a choice to keep on serving him. And during this time that God was healing him, we reopened the church and all of that had been closed for nine years. Built a new building every time you pass by there. All assembly of God, new life now, I think. He built that building while, during his ministry. Come back to Gina and built the building at Maranatha that's there right now. And everything was wonderful. The church was growing. The kids were doing well. We had enough money coming in to pay the bills and could go on vacation, Doris. We had so much, we even bought us a little house where I'm living right now. We were excited. We were happy. The church was growing. Everything was wonderful. We lived together in that house four months. Four months. Pat was 58, and he had another heart attack. And this time, T, he was gone. I was 55. How many of you think that's an old age now? No. My God, what am I going to do? I have this home. I, have no, I don't have any money. I don't make that kind of money at the bank. Lord, why did this happen? Have you asked God why things happen in your life? Sometimes you may not have done nothing wrong. But circumstances and situations come and hit us blindsided. It's not always your fault. If you're sitting there feeling broken and feeling guilty, things happen to people. And this is what happened to me. I, I was saying, where, where are you, God? I couldn't even pray. I was brokenhearted. Where were you, God? We prayed for him to be healed. We didn't expect him to die. He always got better. But this time he didn't. 
how am I going to pay for this house? I'm going to lose it. You ever sit there wondering how you're going to pay your bills? I'm going to tell you something. God has a plan. It may not always work out right away, but you have to trust in Him. What was going to happen to me? What about me, Lord? Pat's gone. This is over. Everybody's life was going on but mine. I lost all my friends. Now, you don't understand this. It was always me and Pat. We were a couple. But when he died, although people were nice to me, I was single. My identity changed. Lord, I, I'm lonely. I, I don't have any friends. People stopped coming to the house. Can you believe that? They did. Because it was always Pat and Evelyn. But not it was just Evelyn. I guess he was the one everybody liked. <laughs> I lost my identity. I felt alone. I couldn't feel God. I couldn't pray. Oh, I would get my Bible and I made the pre right and I made a pretense, but I had no idea what I was reading. It wasn't ministering to me because I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't focus in it. I was broken. I had four children, six grandchildren, but I was by myself. Any of y'all have had that feeling? You could be around a crowd of people, but you're by yourself. Nobody don't really understand. Felt broken. I kept on with my job. I didn't cry in front of people. I've always kept myself and my hurts and my problems, and I still find myself that way to myself because they don't help nobody else. But you know what? I was needing somebody. I kept leading music. I put the right face on. I knew how to do it, and I could lead praise and worship. Nobody ever knew the difference, I don't guess, because the church kept growing. But I was broken inside. Why could no one see that I was broken inside? You know, if you break your arm or you break your leg, like I did my foot when I went to Israel, man, everybody just gathered around me. But all those months I'd been brokenhearted and grieving, and nobody saw it. You feel like that sometimes? Nobody knows how I feel. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody does. God knows. Jer Jeremiah 3 says, Day by day the Lord strengthens us. Pat was gone, but this scripture says in Jeremiah 3, The Lord is my husband. I didn't know that was there. And God gave me that scripture one day. The Lord is my husband. He's taking care of me. He's taking care of you. Wherever you need him, whatever you need him to do in your life, he's there to do it. He says, I'm watching over you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. 
That's 2 Samuel 24. It's God. It's God you need. Amen? He has the strength. He'll put the strength in it, in you to get through this journey. My journey wasn't over, but Pat's was, but mine wasn't. But God strengthened me day by day. Eddie and Laura became pastors of Maranatha. God sent me to Allah again to open that church back up. Life was starting to go good again. Eddie came to sanctuary. I retired from the bank. Packy wanted me to be his associate. I moved down to buy a blue. I retired and starting a new life at 66 years. Everything was great. I was so excited. And they treated me like a queen at Packy's church, by the way. <laughs> I was Brother Packy's mama. But anyway, I was useful again. I was happy. You know, everything was wonderful. And in three months, Laura died. I said, God. Eddie called me 5.15 in the morning. Mama, Packy and I jumped in the car and we came here. Devastated again, broken, everything's over. I moved back to Gene and I helped Eddie because he didn't want to preach anymore. Y'all didn't make nothing on that. I had to make him get up. He's a big man, but I had to go there and make him get up and come. His wife of 20 years was gone, and they were so happy and so good together. And he was broken now. But you know what? During the, where's Stacy? During that time, we didn't understand it. But the church prospered. It kept growing. Built the building over there that's got Laura Jean's name on it. But Eddie just could he said, Mama, I just can't go on. But you know what? In our brokenness. In your brokenness tonight, God can bless you. Amen. Blessings happen in our brokenness when we know that it's God and He's there for you. Sometimes we want to make it and focus it like I was doing all on myself. But it's God. God has a plan, church. He has a plan. And in our brokenness, God will prosper us. Then, and y'all most of you that know, August the 1st, 1973, August the 1st, 2013, the unthinkable happened. My beautiful, wonderful, talented, loving son was gone. Now, nah, all of a sudden we hit again. Now, I didn't think I was going to get over that. I didn't want to get over that. Didn't even want anybody praying for me or talking to me. We were close. I love all my children. But Eddie and I were so close. And we shared every day together, ministry together. And he was gone, just like that. Broken. 
I didn't even want to get out of bed. I wasn't working then at the bank. And it took all of my strength and the Lord's for me to want to get up even out of bed. And I know some of y'all have been, maybe not with death, but with different circumstances happening in your life. You want to retreat from it. You want to get away from society. You want to just leave me alone. I don't want to be healed. I'm broken. You've never been through this. Yes, people have been through it. God still loves you. He wants to heal you. And sometimes we can help each other to heal. Amen? Everything was over as far as I was. We were going to get a new pastor, and I was just going home. I mean, I'd served the Lord all these years, and look where I was. And I don't mean to embarrass him, but he's such a kind person. And he hired me and kept me here. And probably if he had not, I don't know where I would be today. God was still using me. I felt that inside of me. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. You hear me back there on those pews? God is the strength of your heart. Everything else may fail you. People can fail you. Your own flesh will definitely fail you. But God is the strength of your heart. He was the strength of my heart. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, I did that. I quoted that scripture over and over and over. In Psalm 73, 26, God is the strength of my heart. My heart was broken. Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because greater is he that's in me. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He'll scare you. He'll put thoughts in your mind. He'll use people against you. But God is there. He is your strength. Amen. God, you have to go to God. Life goes on. You can stay broken or you can make the choice to live. When our journey is over here, we have an eternal life waiting for us with Jesus Christ. But we have to know that. We have to put our eyes on the eternal life God has waiting for us. Abraham saw a city. He was, God was taking him to give him the land of Cana as an inheritance. But when he worshipped God and saw God, he saw a city with no foundations whose builder and maker is God. I saw that, church, and I'm going on. I made a choice I'm going to live. You have to make a choice. Don't let the devil defeat you where you at because God's for you. And he has all power. 
amen, but you have to worship God. You have to get where God is. Pat and Eddie and Laura are not battling this life anymore. They have received their reward. They have heard God say, Welcome in, my good and faithful servant. We're not defeated because things happen in our life. We are only defeated if we fall down and we don't get up. Get up! Get up! Don't just lay there. Get up! We're not defeated. We have victory. God will heal the brokenness in your heart. I'm proof of it. Five years I've gotten up and chose to live and to serve God. Amen? Five years. I can't believe it. Five years. But I'm going on because I saw a city where I'm going whose builder and maker is God. And you have to get to that place in your life, in your brokenness, where you're striving, that you know God is there. Amen? Would, would you bring me that and that, that bag? You can't just lay down and let people defeat you. Amen? For our 25th wedding anniversary, somebody gave me and Pat. We had a 25th, and I thought, that's dumb. People have 50th wedding anniversaries, right? Not 25th. But you know, Pat and I were married only 39 years. We didn't have a 50th wedding anniversary. We had a 25th, and I got, we got this little teapot and it was special to me and then when our 50th wedding anniversary came around I remembered I had this teapot can you see it 25 years I went looking for it and I was excited about it because although we hadn't he wasn't alive for 50 years only 39 I had this teapot. And when I opened that box that you just saw me take it out, it was broken. It was broken in all kinds of pieces. Can you see that? I cried. I got angry. I knew one of my grandchildren did it. I didn't know. I have an idea, Kathleen, but... Because she dug, digs, you know. And I didn't cry about it till I saw that it was all broken. Can you see the cracks? The hole? This doesn't fit back like it's supposed to. So I got some Elmer's glue all. And I patiently took it piece by piece. And I put it back together the best that I could. And God said, Evelyn, that's your life. He said, some of the cracks are bigger than others. Even cracks, maybe a little hold in it. That things have happened to you. But I've put your life back together. 
Look at that tea kettle and know your life may not look perfect to others, but it is perfect because I put it back together. And then after, you hear that? After I put it back together, I turned this little knob Can you hear it? It still sings. It's still working. I'm still working. I can still sing. You can still sing. Amen. You don't have to think you look perfect. There's not many perfect people in this world. But you still work. And God has put the pieces of your life together just like he put mine together. And you can be a blessing to somebody. You can be a witness. And that's why, church, I ask you, reach out to people because we can all put a face on. We can all look perfect. We can all act like we got good marriages. Our children are perfect. Everything's okay. But they're people with broken hearts. In life's in pieces. But God's putting them back together just like he did mine. He will yours. Don't give up. Don't give up. And you know what? Over 59 years... Tomorrow would have been Pat and I's 59th wedding anniversary. This tea kettle still sings. And I'm going to sing. I don't care, Stacy, how off key I am. Nobody's going to shut me up because I know what God has done. He'll do it for you and you and you. And he wants to do it for you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants, just put it there, I'll get you a box if you don't mind. He wants you to cry out to him and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Whoever's going to play that song I wanted, don't be ashamed if you have problems in your life. We all do. I've come up here so many times and you had no idea how broken I was. My relationship with God was broken. But you know what? Make a choice to live. Make a choice to serve Him. And say, Lord, I can get through this. Amen? Lord, I can, I can get there because... You are my strength. You strengthen me every day. I want you to come up here. Stand up, everybody. She's going to sing a song and play it. Broken pieces. I think breasts. Now, I know I'm not the only one up here that needs to be fixed. That need, every day, I need a healing. Amen. I'm still on this journey and I need to be strengthened with it.
So while they sing, y'all come on, because we're going to pray one for another. We're going to pray with each other. Amen.